0: Welcome to another special edition of Locked on Pelicans. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you guys to really dive in deep on this game and some of the matchups. What are the keys for the Pelicans? What do they need to do for the series? And where should you be worried as a Pelicans fan? We're going to get into some of the numbers of the series, get into the nitty-gritty deep dives, like I said. We're basically just going to get nerdy with it here in this edition of Locked on Pelicans to preview the upcoming first-round series that kicks off Saturday night, 9.30 p.m. Central, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. This is, I think, the fourth preview podcast we've done here. If you want to go back and listen to them all, that's definitely a good thing. After the Spurs win, we gave you some of the basic rundown on the stats for the Portland Trail Blazers. Then Eric Gunderson, host of Locked on Blazers, and I jumped on one and did a crossover where you can kind of get the Portland perspective, the Trailblazers perspective, what are they really worried about when it comes to this and how might they try and counter the Pelicans because this opening game, and we'll talk about it in a minute, is really going to set the tone for the series because we don't have a lot to really look back on that we might be able to use in a predictive sense and then of course yesterday Karen Loftus of WGNO and I talked about the Pelicans looking at this series from a high level and we're going to get down and dirty into it today in this podcast right here, so with Without further ado, let's just jump right on into everything. So as I said in the open, there isn't a whole lot to look back on in this four-game series and use that to try and predict what we might see in this matchup here because three of those four games occurred while DeMarcus Cousins was still healthy and with the Pelicans, and then you have that fourth game where you didn't have Rajon Rondo and Anthony Davis rolled his ankle in that 107-103 loss back on March 27th, and you got to wonder, you weren't really seeing the true Pelicans there when you have an injured Anthony Davis and no Rajon Rondo who figures to be a key player in this series. But we do know what the Pelicans want to do and what's kind of been their identity since the DeMarcus Cousins injury, and that's playing fast. This is not a great team in the half court. They're not a great jump shooting team. We've talked about this before, too, where they were tops in three-point percentage in November and December, but after the New Year turn, they did not shoot well from deep at all, and they really regressed there, and it really kind of compressed their offense, made them easy to defend in the half court team, sagged off of Rondo after Miritich came over. They sagged off of him for a little bit when he went into that slump, and when you have those other guys who aren't hitting their threes, it's easier to take away Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, and that can't be the case. So the Pelicans get around this by playing fast, and they lead the league in pace by a good bit since the Demarcus Cousins injury, and then they also score uh, 19.1 fast break points per game. That leads the league as well. You don't need to worry about three point shooting when you're living at the rim and scoring that way in transition. And I wrote about it over at lockdownpelicans.com. You guys should read it if you haven't already, where I talk. Talk about the pace and why it's sustaining this offense. New Orleans in, the, in transition doesn't even shoot a great percentage compared to other teams in the league. They just do it at such a high volume that it sustains it and makes up for it. So they really do live and die whether or not they can get in transition and play with the tempo and the pace that they want. And that's going to be important because Portland is a very sound defensive team. They rank ninth best or 8th, depending on where you look at it. So it's a top 10 defense, and they're very good at not allowing opponents to score in the paint. That's largely due to Yusuf Nurkic down there, who acts as a rim protector. He's one of the top 5 best when you look at it in terms of percentages in the league. That makes it difficult for Anthony Davis to score at times. It's going to make it difficult for Drew Holiday to score. But if you can get around that by just scoring in transition, hey— That's great. That's how the Pelicans pile up points in the paint and why their points in the paint have actually increased significantly since the DeMarcus Cousins injury. And in the half court, trying to get back into the paint and score that way is going to be difficult. Let me pull up my notes here because of Yusuf Nurkic, the guy for the Portland Trailblazers, their center. He does a tremendous job, as I said, defending the rim again. And you saw it in that final game where he really kind of kept Anthony Davis out of the paint in the fourth quarter and really kind of neutralized him a little bit and didn't let the Pelicans do what they wanted to do when they weren't really able to get out and run because there was no Rondo, and because AD had that ankle rolled, and also that's probably one of the reasons why Davis wasn't as effective down the stretch there. But look at the numbers on-off with Nurkic here. Holiday has a 98.7 offensive rating with Nurkic on the court that jumps to 121.2 offensive rating with Nurkic off. That's almost 23 points, 24-point differential right there. That's significant. But what about Anthony Davis? He has a 120.3 offensive rating when Nurkic isn't on the court, and that drops to 100.9 with Nurkic on. About 20 points per 100 possessions there. That's how effective that Nurkic is. And not only just against Anthony Davis, but against the guards and everyone else on this team with the rim protect in. You know, then it forces the Pelicans to become jump shooters, and they don't want to have to do that. Their three-point shooting hasn't been consistent enough all year to really make you feel like they can win that kind of game. So to avoid that, the Pelicans are going to try and play in transition as we know they want to do, but that's also where this is going to be a big battle and very difficult for the team. Go back to that game on March 27th. Portland had 17 offensive rebounds and 27 second-chance points. When you have to take the ball out of your own net and inbound it, the opponent defense can get set, and you're not really going to be able to get out and play in transition, and you're forced to play in the half-court then. The Pelicans can't let that happen, and this is going to be really one of the biggest keys of the entire series, potentially bigger than Damian Lillard versus Drew Holiday or Davis versus Nurkic. It's going to come down to rebounding, potentially. Portland is the ninth best offensive rebounding team by percentage. They've ranked four over the past 12 or 15 games, I think it is, and they're high up there in second chance points per game. They're sixth best in the league on the season. The Pelicans have been okay on the defensive glass. They haven't really been killed with that, even though they haven't been a top 15 defensive rebounding team, but they've started to really slip the past couple of weeks. They ranked 21st in defensive rebounding percentage on the season, and it's been lower over these past number of games. You've got to get stops, get those rebounds and get out in transition and run if you really want to score against this Portland team. And so if they can't do that and Portland's living on the offensive glass, and they've got a number of guys who rebound particularly well, Nurkic, Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless if he comes back in this series. But then you've got Ed Davis on the bench. You've got Zach Collins on the bench. And all of those guys can make life a little bit difficult for the Pelicans. They're going to need to try and find a balance between team rebounding and leaking out in transition to start that fast break. You usually can't always have it both ways. And the Pelicans are going to need to try and force Portland into some long misses so that maybe Rondo can grab those long rebounds and start the fast break and keep the Pelicans offense going because, again, They don't want to get into the half court. Now, if Portland does force New Orleans into a half court kind of game and they do control the tempo, and look, the team that often is the better rebounding team and commands the boards is the team that's often going to kind of control the tempo and pace of the game. But you can game plan a little bit around a rim protecting big by drawing them out of the paint. Portland's likely going to have Al Farouk Aminu guarding Anthony Davis to start the game. You'll put in Nurkic, and you'll have him on uh, Nikola Miritic. There we go. I'm like losing my mind here. You're going to have Nurkic guarding Miritic. Miritic is shooting really well right now, and you need to respect that. So he's going to potentially be one of the X factors in this game, in this series, where he's going to need to try and pull Nurkic out of the paint. If his shot's falling, they're going to have to do something about that to keep kind of a hand in his face and not let him continually getting wide open looks. AD's got range too. Maybe you need to start out by having AD live off of those mid-range jumpers. That he can hit to try and suck guys out a little bit. Maybe you can kind of open that defense up some because Nurkic makes it really hard to score otherwise. So if Miricic is shooting, well, this Pelicans team can do a good job and might be able to sustain the offense that they need to try and keep things going. But they'd rather just rebound well and get out and run. So before we talk about New Orleans on defense and what they need to do there and how they can try and limit this Portland offense, which is still pretty good as well. And again, it's Damian Lillard. at CJ McCollum. Those are two scary guys. Make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com. We've got a number of articles up there right now previewing these matchups with the Portland Trailblazers. What are the other writers concerned about? Where do they think the Pelicans have an advantage? So make sure you check out and read daily Locked on Pelicans. So the defensive side of the ball. And the Pelicans have played well on the defensive side for a while now after getting off to that really rough start where they ranked in the bottom five in the league, finally climbing to 13th overall on the season. That's a very respectable number given where they started, and they've been slightly better on defense since DeMarcus Cousins went down. So you've got to like what their chances could be there, particularly when you look at the season series matchup with the backcourt. And obviously, first and foremost, you need to slow down Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum you're not going to shut them down you're not going to take them out of the game they're going to get theirs and they can get hot at a moment's notice but you got to do what you can to try and limit at least one of them and the good news is the pelicans have done that this year of that fearsome backcourt usually one of them has a very good game and the other is kind of quiet and when you look at their season numbers it kind of plays that out both players have shot significantly worse than their season averages when they play the pelicans with damian lillard in his three-point shooting really falling off a cliff this is a guy who shoots 36.1 percent on the year and shoots 25.6% against New Orleans and a lot of that obviously is going to be because of Drew Holiday, who should be first team all defense, and the work he does in the backcourt. With his length and size, he's a very good defender to throw on Lillard. His lateral quickness, his strength, because Lillard, with his height, can get his shot up almost over anybody that you're going to throw at him on the perimeter. At least Holiday makes that a little bit more difficult, and you don't really want to switch a guy like one Moore onto Lillard. So, you hope that Drew Holiday is going to be able to maybe contain this a little bit, though it's not going to be very Easy, And this is where things start to get kind of interesting because now we're going to touch on the bench for the Pelicans a little bit, particularly Ian Clark. Clark has a lot of experience guarding Damian Lillard these past two playoffs with the Golden State Warriors starting in place of the injured Steph Curry and getting a lot of run against the the, uh, the Blazers you know, backcourt. So he's got experience against Lillard, and he's done a pretty good job defending them. If all of a sudden CJ McCollum gets hot and Lillard's kind of being kept under control, you could see an early substitution bringing Ian Clark into that backcourt, maybe getting Rondo out, who's not the lockdown defender Rondo that he once used to be, though he's playing at a very high level right now. And potentially, playoff Rondo is a very real thing, and it is. We hope it is. I'm just going to say it is. We'll speak it into existence if it's not. If if playoff Rondo is doing that, all of a sudden you have three guards in the mat court that do match up very well with the Portland Trailblazers. You can have Rondo out there. You can have Holiday out there. And if Ian Clark becomes the Damian Lillard and Portland Trailblazers killer that he's been at times, that's fearsome. And that's going to be important because Portland's going to be starting Evan Turner on the wing. He presents a very big size advantage for for the trailblazers there was particularly when you have six 4 each one more starting at small forward turner six Six, seven, he's going to want to get into the paint and try and take the slower, less agile more, maybe off the dribble a little bit, or just use his his size and length to post him up and try and get down low. Though with Anthony Davis patrolling down there, I think that's not really what he's going to be looking to do. But there's a mismatch there. The thing is, Drew Holiday can guard wings as well, and we saw him do it in crunch time against the Golden State Warriors in that almost must-win game for the Pels. In the final couple moments there, it was Holiday matched up against Kevin Durant, and though Durant scored over 40 that, game you saw holiday limit him in the final couple of minutes including a couple of key steals and a block of durant if you can believe that we should we saw it with our own eyes that can really help here so all of a sudden the backcourt which you know is a big advantage let's not lie here for the blazers but the pals match up kind of okay there on defense you can switch through screens if you need to at that point and it makes you just a little bit Uh, better and more agile there to try and defend these guys. Instead of fighting through the screens, just switch. Save your energy for the fast break or to play in that half-court offense that you're going to end up needing to do here. But overall, Ian Clark could be a very big X-factor for the Pelicans in this series because the uh, Portland Trailblazers always have one of Lillard or McCollum on the court at all times, similar to what the Pels used to do with Davis and Boogie where one of them was always out there. They keep one of their two all-star guards back there to kind of run the offense. So Ian Clark's going to be needed because if you leave Lillard out there or they leave McCollum out there, you need a guy who can kind of at least keep up with them when the second units start to come in and Ian Clark's going to be that guy. Particularly also because Shabazz Aznaip here plays a very big role for Portland as that first guard off the bench. He's averaging 20.7 minutes per game. He's actually almost scoring nine points per game while kind of running that offense and keeping them going and pairing well in the backcourt with Lillard or McCollum. Other than that, no one scares me a ton for the Pelicans in this series. Yes, Nurkic is averaging 14.3 points per game, but Davis and Miricic should be able to handle him. Miricic, even though there's a height advantage there for Nurkic, you know, maybe you'll see a little bit more of Diallo or at times a Mecha Okafor, though I don't think that's a guy you're really going to see in this playoff rotation as the Pelicans cut it down to eight or nine guys and that's it. But if they can handle him and keep him contained and you can keep that backcourt to contained a little bit, they're going to still get theirs. You know, then they're going to need to rely on Al Farouk Aminu a lot and though Aminu shot well this year he's shooting on the season almost 37% from three imagine that when he was here in New Orleans almost making two threes per game and he's averaging 9.3 points they're also I think it's 20 and 10 when Aminu scores in double figures so you got to kind of limit him there if he gets hot a little bit it's going to kind of force a different kind of rotation maybe you need to switch a little bit less and kind of go one on one and fight through things to make sure he doesn't have a height advantage over anyone but overall no one else on this team really worries you that much the Pelicans in their bench should be able to kind of keep up with some of the scoring there and defensively they should be okay Portland doesn't turn the ball over a lot which is going to potentially also limit transition opportunities for the Pelicans that usually has to do with how many shots per game Damian Lillard and McCollum are taking Lillard takes 19.4 McCollum takes 18.6 that's a lot of shots for those two. It's kind of a little bit isolation, and then they just pull up off the dribble and hit their shot because they're very good shooters, or they drive to the rim and score that way. So you're going to need to be sound on these guys. If you can do that and force other guys to beat you, that'll be okay. You might not get the turnovers, but if you get the ball out of Willard's hands, out of McCollum's hands as much as you possibly can, and let it get to Amino, to to Napier, or to Evan Turner, you have a very good chance of handling this Portland offense, which on the season, I've got to pull it up here. I have Tons and tons of pages of notes, and I'm missing looking at the right page here. The Blazers' offense ranks 16th in the league, so it's not exactly the most fearsome thing here. And if one of those guys in Lillard and McCollum has an off night, all of a sudden they become a whole lot easier to defend. So before we talk about a couple other different little things for the Pelicans and what they need to potentially do well or that could shift the series in their favor, make sure you listen to Locked On NBA Daily. Five days a week right now, recapping everything going on around the association. There's a lot of playoff basketball going on in this first round. You're not going to watch it all. You don't need to watch it all with Locked On NBA. So make sure you listen and subscribe. So some other things to keep an eye out for, and things that I think are going to be maybe very important for the Pelicans. And I want to start with their road record. This is a team that was 24 and 17 on the road this year, including multiple, you know, double digit comebacks to win games. Think about the 12, the 15 points they were down at Milwaukee, the 15 they were down in San Antonio, and they came back and win. And this is a team that's got a different mental makeup than we've seen in years past. If they ever got down double digits, particularly if Anthony Davis had left the game injured, this team was just going to fold and not try and fight back and not really try and win and they were just going to give up and we saw that happen tons and tons of times here in New Orleans. But they haven't done that this year. This is a team that's comfortable being down on the road knowing they can go back and get this victory. They're surging with confidence right now and they should be after a five-game winning streak in which they're playing some of their better basketball since that 10-game winning streak that they had. So that road record is very important because if it does come to a game seven or a game five in a must-win situation for the Pelicans, I think they're going to feel very confident walking into the Moda Center, which is a very loud, hostile place to play in, but thinking they can get this victory and not already going in defeated. I think that's very important for this team. They know that there's a lot at stake here. A win in this series, Absolutely convinces ownership and Mickey Loomis and everyone to pay the luxury tax for next year. Then you're going to add DeMarcus Cousins back into the mix next year because we all know he's going to be re-signing here. And you're going to be able to pitch that to free agents and maybe make a move for someone else, knowing that you're willing to spend now and maybe become an outside title contender next year, which they're not this season. There's a lot at stake. Davis and his legacy has a lot at stake here. He's not going to let this team down in the playoffs because he knows how that's going to make him viewed around the NBA. Now with that, something the Pelicans absolutely need to avoid doing is turnovers. And I'm not talking about ones that Portland forces. Those are going to happen over the course of the series, though Portland does not force a lot of turnovers. They're actually 29th, basically, when it comes to that. I'm talking about the unforced errors, the mental mistakes that we've seen from this team at times this year. How many times have you seen Rondo or someone else just throw away an inbounds pass? Wasted possession right there. It's those kind of things. Like I said, the unforced errors that this team needs to avoid that have a bad habit of creeping up in spurts. The Pelicans have gotten their turnovers under control from when that was a real big issue to start the year when they were losing games, and they've been playing sound, better basketball. But you need to keep that up, and you're going to need to do it in every single game this year because it's going to be very difficult to win if you're turning the ball over and you're just making life easier for Portland, who's not looking to force turnovers they're going to play the percentages and just try and give you the bad shots those long twos and things like that good news is holiday and davis are actually pretty good at shooting those yes they're not the most efficient shots in the game you'd rather at the rim or a three but if that's what you have and it's open they're going to take it and they should hopefully be able to make portland pay for that but you can't just gift empty possessions to portland due to mental mistakes something else to keep an eye on. Playoff Rondo. It is a real thing. We know this, right? We keep saying this. It's definitely going to be a thing. This is a guy who's had an up-and-down season here in New Orleans, but recently it's been much more up, and you've seen Alvin Gentry really get the most out of him, whether it was sending him to the bench for a game or giving him a night off, actually, in that last game against Portland. This is a guy who can make a difference if he steps up and the opportunity presents itself. Lillard and McCollum are going to really have their hands full with Drew Holiday, particularly if the Pelicans try and run Lillard through multiple screens, even though I don't know if they're going to really start Lillard on Holiday and kind of maybe go with a cross match there, something like that. If they can get that kind of switch and run him through screens and really tire him out, defensively, Rondo can step right on in and kind of cause some havoc. You've seen him lead the team in assists these past number of games. He's been scoring in double figures, getting into 20 points as well. That's going to be big for the Pelicans. All of a sudden, their backcourt of Holiday, Moore, Rondo, and Clark becomes rather fearsome when they're all kind of put together. Not quite to the level of Lillard and McCollum though Holiday's playing outstanding basketball right now. They can do this. It's going to be a very big deal for this Pelicans team. Partially because you might have the Blazers in foul trouble early on. Anthony Davis has been causing havoc with that. We saw him Force three Suns players to foul out with like eight minutes left to go in the fourth quarter of a game. It was absolutely unbelievable. If you can get into the bonus early, the Pelicans, who are not a great free throw drawing team, need to try and step up and do anything they can to do that. One of the guys who can do it is Rajon Rondo. He's not great at converting them, certainly, but he can at least help them continue to get into the bonus. And maybe some of these other guys can draw some contact and try and get in there for those easy points, easy buckets, particularly if they're playing in the half court. And finally, one of the biggest things to consider is what adjustments are going to be made after Game 1. As I said, we don't really have a lot of data and film to really go off of from what we've seen so far this year, particularly because they just don't really matter as much because you don't have DeMarcus Cousins here, you didn't have Rajon Rondo playing, so we never got to really see these two teams kind of go at it to give us a predictor for what might occur in this series or Game 1. Game 1's a bit of a blank slate here, and we're going to fill it and put all the pieces on the board, and then we're going to review the game state after that, which coaching staff can make better adjustments is going to potentially tilt this series in their favor. I like the Pelicans to actually be able to do that more. You can go big with a Mecca Okafor and have him handle Nurkic if you need to, or you could stay small and try and still get out and run and force Portland to adapt to that and then cross match and take advantage of situations like that. Yeah, Portland's got some bigs on the bench, but the backcourt's not nearly as good. And you can throw a guy like Diallo or Okafor in there to kind of neutralize that a little bit and then potentially tilt the scales in your favor. Game one is just the start of this series, and there's gonna be a whole lot more to come after that. We've been previewing it in general, but adjustments get made. Which coach does better? I, You know, Stotts is a good coach, but I like the Pelicans roster a little bit better for this. They can play inside out, they can play outside in, whatever they need to do. They kind of match up just overall a little bit better. There's more positional versatility, which is something Darren Ehrman, the associate head coach, really preaches to this team. Expect a lot of switching, and if you need to, you can kind of throw out a specialist to handle what you need to on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm excited for this. I hope you guys are too. Game one Saturday night in Portland. And we'll have games three and four here in the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. It's going to be so much I cannot wait. Make sure you listen to the other previews here Unlocked on, on Pelicans. I've run down the numbers after for the Blazers after the win over the Spurs that set it so New Orleans was playing them. I've got Karen Loftus of WGNO on with me taking a look at some of the big matchups, Lillard versus Holiday first and foremost and how those are really going to play a factor. And then if you want to get a little bit more of the Portland side, listen to the crossover episode with Eric Gunderson of Locked on Blazers. There's a lot of great info in there. He's worried about a couple of things in particular. Make sure you find out what those are become the smartest pelicans fan in your group because this is a series that doesn't look like it's going to end in four or five games or in for a long one folks or at least i hope so with the pelicans maybe coming out at the end of it so thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter i'll be back with you guys to recap game one